You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Thank you. 
listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done, and for all that God will do. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
report us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotep family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good weekend, Labor Day weekend. Hope you're going to be safe. Hope the weather will be accommodating for you, too, you know. And just, just hope all, it's all going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, it's all going to be good. So, hey, enjoy Labor Day weekend.
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you're not listening to this program live, you can just go to timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Of course, you can use a shortcut, whatever search engine you use, uh, Internet Explorer, Firefox, Google, Time for an Awakening. <laughs> you know, put in the search. Put in the search. BabaOshi.net. B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening. Uh, we don't have a lot here. <laughs> this program, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And Time for an Awakening, which is 8 o'clock this evening, 8 p.m. this evening, bro- with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And on Sunday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 7, Time for an Awakening. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We buy black. The largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses. WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tayimba, is ready to take a group of our people back to the motherland. May, May, (laughs) November 16th through the 27th, November 16th through the 27th, Tanzania. Some people pronounce it Tanzania, but I was informed that they pronounce it Tanzania. So if that's what the brothers and sisters pronounce it, I'm going to pronounce it the way they do. Okay? Okay. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azenia. March 29th to April 9th, Liberia, 2024. July 11th to the 23rd, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. April 1st to April 11th, 2025, Senegal and Gambia. Africa for the Africans.org. Brothers and sisters, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated.org. Brothers and sisters, the brothers and sisters of Habasha Incorporated. Habasha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And they are constantly doing the work. Beautiful brothers and sisters doing the work. And uh, they got the Kashi Project going on in Ghana. It was unveiled back in October. They have programs here, particularly here in Atlanta. You know, they have the uh, Habashaw Works program. All of these are sustainable agricultural programs. Black tar roots, sustainable seeds, golden growers, and urban green jobs. Habashawincorporated.org. The Ledge Group, Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics. Ledge. Land for the Environmental Development 
of group economics. They deal in the four areas of human necessity, human important, human essential, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries with over 170 employees and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters become a member of the Ledge Group. Abibitumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Abibitumi.com. That's right, Abibitumi.com. Connect with people and organizations to connect like-minded individuals. This is the purpose of Bibiatumi, the purpose of networking ar- around uh, African people, liberation from under pale or your Eurocentric domination. Enhances communication to provide opportunities for individuals and African people, authors and organizations to promote their services that benefit African people. Social education. Abibiatumi.com functions as a virtual learning center for those who wish to reclaim African people's languages, customs, and lifestyle. Join Bibiatumi for social networking. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. Smy Pharmacy. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Smy Pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, give Brother Jabril a call at 770-765-7751. Put a program together for you. If you want to drop him an email, email him at smypharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. The Moses West Foundation, the brothers uh, working with Moses West, Brother Apollo and so forth, this is what they're doing. You know, the Moses, the Moses West Foundation's innovative approach to sustainable water generation through atmospheric water generation technology. Atmospheric, there's water in the air. He has developed machines that can extract the moisture out of the air, separate the H2O molecule from any other contaminants or anything else, and then purify it as it goes through this process. Open a tap, out comes the drinking water because that's what H2O is, water. Has been recognized by the United Nations to support the actions of the atmospheric water generation system. More than 11 years, our visionary leader, Moses West, has been dedicated to creating, improving, and enhancing the atmospheric water generation system. These generators come in various sizes, ranging from rapid deployment units to facilities as large as you can be, you can customize to meet any need. Our ultimate objective, however, is to propel the world forward by making safe, clean drinking water accessible to all. Moses West Foundation family. Ashay. Badada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located here in Atlanta. Tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday, they will be serving vegan dishes at Wadada's, but they have all kinds of good stuff there dry goods and smoothies and fruit drinks, pastries, and all kinds of good stuff. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located in the West End. Across the street from the Up the street from the Shrine of Black Madonna and across the street from Soul Vegetarian. The number to call is 404-444-1635. That's 404-444-1635. With Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Had a program there last night at the Meddu Bookstore. Didn't get a chance to go because I had to go 
pick my grandson up. <laughs> that's 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 my life, family, at this moment. But that too shall pass. <laughs> all all good things come to an end. The Medu Bookstore. Give Mama Nia a call at four zero four three four six three two six three. She has the finest selections of books, postcards, green cards, T-shirts, figurines, gift certificates, and so much more. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia, that is east of Atlanta. I-20 going east, exit number 74. Okay, Main Street in, the, in Lithonia. Make a left, about a mile up, and on the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. My good brother, Kazimbia Jamu. Give him a call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. There is light in the Black Dot. Jump back on Main Street and now head south. Make a left again. You're headed east. The next exit, exit 75, is Turner Hill Road. Make a right. Three lights. Make a right. And on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. Us Lifting Us. Last night was a Thursday night broadcast from 9 to 10 on Blog Talk Radio. That's Blog Talk Radio. You can go to Blog Talk Radio forward slash ULU Us Lifting Us 9 to 10. Or you can call to listen or to give questions, comments, or concerns by dialing 929 477 2789. That's 929 477 2789. Us lifting us, the economic development cooperative for our people. Also, too, on Fridays, I announced my good brother Yusuf Muhammad's program, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, on Blog Talk Radio as well. And that's from 4 to 6 this afternoon, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time this afternoon. Dial 563 999 3089. That's 563 999 3089. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop located in Macon, Georgia. Brother Abija, he's got it going on. He's, he's open from Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Give him a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. That's Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Sun God Essential, one-stop natural shop located in Forest Park, Georgia. The address, 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. It's inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Give my sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. 404-434-7963. Sanjay Dash Haiti. I can't express how great the work is that Sister Gabrielle really has been doing in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, providing education, health care, sustainable agriculture, and entrepreneurship, and entrepreneurship for the brothers' young children in that area. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. <sighs> Baba Baruti, of course, his educational program is ongoing. And, of course, and then school starts. He starts his educational program as well. He finished his book, Higher Ground, Thoughts on Spiritual Healing for Warriors. We need warriors 
whose hearts and character are ruled by ma'at, whose souls find peace in being of spirit, who rise without concern for consequences when all sanity appears lost, who are compelled by their ancestors, community, and those yet to come to apply their righteous rage in service against any who would destroy them and who live their lives to empower their people. We need warriors who are wise and humble enough to know to call on their ancestors to assist them as they bring their power to bear in correcting what is wrong and strengthening what is right. It is out of desire to assist warriors in healing through identifying and refining the best of who we are. The higher ground was written. That's why Baba Barudi wrote it. It is designed to offer a deeper, more centered insight into the mind, character, and spiritual connection this kind of person needs to heal in order to be an exemplary model of service to our people. And you can purchase the higher ground uh, available at akabenhouse.com akabenhouse that's where you can find uh, the multitude of books written by Baba Barudi. Warriors Day this month September 16th Saturday, September 16th, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. On, it's online. And, of course, as we always, you can make your donation. $20 for adults, $10 for teens or young warriors. Um, if you use PayPal, it's Yabaruti at Yahoo. If you use Cash App, dollar sign, Yabaruti, Cash App, you must include the pertinent information. African Warriors Day, your name and your email address so you can receive the link. Remember, too, let me go back there, that the African Warriors Day is for brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. It's a joint celebration of African Warriors Day. Power and Practicality, Saturday, November 4th. Saturday, November 4th. Power and Practicality get a uh, lecture by Baba Baruti. Donation, $10 for men and $5 for young, for the warriors in training. Same thing applies. And of course, includes your pertinent information, your name, power and practicality, your name, and of course, your email address so the link can be sent to you. On the same day, Mama Eniya has Embracing African Womanhood, Part 2. And that's from 4 to 6, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Same thing, you know. Uh, including pertinent information, African Warriors Day, Part 2. And, uh, and the donation, your name. And so they can send you the email address, the link for the program. Kibuka, save the date, November, Saturday, November 18th. Kibuka. Living, seeing the Ma'atha through the eyes of our people. It is always dramatic, it's always dynamic. Kibuka, November 18th. All right. So now, family, uh, we're going to 
be the NACSM, the NACSM of daily revolutionary thought. Then we're going to go to our presentation. We got our, we got our uh, guest, Brother Muhammad Abdullah. So we're going to go off into that. First, we're going to read the NACSM of daily revolutionary thought. August 31st. Negroes pay for what they want and beg for what they need. Kelly Miller. We must equip forthcoming generations with a working intelligence so they can recognize and dismiss Negroes and Negroettes when they hear them, especially those who cry the blues of and for others and profit from the crumbs gained from our confusion and at our expense. Indeed, the Negro and Negroettes should be important concepts in our vocabulary for they mark those among us who grow from their knees. Those of us who believe that crawling is fine as long as they get the biggest crumb. The question should not be, shouldn't you crawl before you walk? No. Instead, the question is, how long must you crawl before you stand up and walk like a man and a woman? How long must four limbs be your mode of transportation before you recognize that Two will be more efficient and effective to do the job. Affirm, I recognize and dismiss Negro and Negroettes when I hear them. If you haven't heard, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this and, and, and you can look this up. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, when Ron DeSantis, when the shooting in Jacksonville happened, Ron DeSantis came there and he was roundly and justly boo consistently and the negroette grabbed the microphone and told him to stop booing and we need him and we he's coming he's got gifts for us and we want his gifts so let's get and this is the quote let's get this party started some brothers and sisters got murdered by some racist ass this ain't no damn party anyway you can look it up on facebook yourself from that negroette i think your name uh it escapes me Anyway, September 1st, the sociology eugenics movement demands the immediate attention of African scholars if the race is to survive and liberate itself. Iva Carruthers, Professor Iva Carruthers. Genocide, the permanent killing of a people's genetic line, must be defined in the context of war. War is inherent, war is inherent in any attempt to erase a people from memory. Genocide globally... Uh, follows the European cultural seat. It is simply the operational framework through which they operate to win war, which for them is to completely destroy another people. Mass destruction guarantees the liberation of a group's cultural base because to commit history aside against a people or destroy their sense of self and conscious existence causes them to willingly facilitate their own genocide. Europeans are fully cognizant that their racial insecurities have firmly placed them on a global offensive. They have no hesitation in taking whatever steps are required to make them, in their mind's eye, supreme gods in this reality. Affirm, I acknowledge genocide as war. Affirm, I acknowledge genocide as war. September 2nd, a mother is not to be compared with another person. She is incomparable. African proverb. 
regardless of who else is involved, the mother is the immediate consultant, the immediate protective presence. Whatever happens to the child, all eyes first turn to her. As a new, inexperienced, dependent, and vulnerably vulnerable student in this world, the child clings to her mother. She walks half within and half outside her shadow, never searching f- too far for for into the unprotected unknown. The child understands that there are no limits in this world to the power of her mother's love as long as the hem of her lapa, her skirt, is within reach. This proximity ensures the mother of her primary role and responsibility as first teacher, the father who is equally responsible for the health and welfare of the child is the much broader communal security umbrella. His presence gives the child a reassuring feeling of having her protection extended beyond her mother's reach to the physical boundaries of the community and even possibly beyond. It is this presence which allows the child to feel physically and psychologically comfortable enough to play, learn, and work oblivious to fear. The mother that once provided an internal womb for her to grow is now extends her protection in a protective arm of influence out far enough to shield the child to whatever distance she can comfortably gaze and quickly reach. As she did for the mothers before, during and after her pregnancy, the father now also does for the children and the child. He safeguards their communal womb. Affirm, our mothers are incomparable. Affirm, our mothers are incomparable. Brothers and sisters, the Inyasasim of daily revolutionary thought. Ah, oh, yay. All right. My dear brother, Muhammad Abdullah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Oshi, how about yourself? I'm well, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. I have me this morning. I'm sorry, you broke up on me. Thank you for having me this morning. Oh, yes, and sir. Thank, yes, and sir. thank you for the uh, subject we're going to be talking about, uh, which is um, the issue of nicotine addiction and um, the fact that there's been uh, a conspiracy uh, on the American people uh, for years up until the 70s when the Surgeon General uh, stepped up and they started to print on cigarettes uh, or any tobacco-related products that this is harmful to your health, uh, for individuals in general, pregnant mothers. Uh, and for years, the tobacco industry and the doctors that they paid uh, lied about the dangers of uh, nicotine and tobacco. Uh, and one of the things, uh, so let me just give a little background information, Oshi. I I became, during the time that I was uh, training to be an alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs of abuse counselor in the mid-90s, one of the things I took notice of, not being a smoker myself, you know, when I was a teenager, like many of us experimented with uh, smoking tobacco, cigarettes, and thank God uh, I, I couldn't inhale. 
uh, you know, when I attempted to do what my friends were doing, it felt like uh, George Foreman had hit me in the chest. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful for that, but but um, and so what I begin to notice is how many recovering people from a, recovering from addiction uh, to alcohol and uh, substance abuse, how many of them in their sober state can continue to smoke tobacco, nicotine, cigarettes? You would go to some AO. Um, um, what is the smoke, Smokers Anonymous or, 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 or Alcoholics Anonymous or drug programs, and the people, not only the people who were facilitating the sessions, but the audience, they would be smoking. You could, you could cut the smoking with so thick. Yeah, uh, yeah, especially, especially, you ahead. know, especially before they started outlawing smoking in buildings and in settings, yeah. you know. Uh, I never forget you. And you're right because I I live uh, on four, in Milwaukee on 41st Street, right down the street from a uh, a, a a place that that houses and, and allows people to recover. And and then people up in there they smoking like you wouldn't believe, you know? Yeah. What it is though, she is it's a cross addiction uh, because most of the people that I know who drank uh, took. Uh, street drugs, cocaine, heroin, all of these individuals smoke cigarettes. Uh, and, and the marketing of cigarettes to America, and we'll get to the targeting of the African-American community, which is uh, the information that I sent you, uh, was it was marketed through television, uh, uh, advertisement, which they don't do anymore. Uh, it was marketed in movies. You think of uh, Humphrey Bogart and mm-hmm. Lauren Bacall and yeah. these actors. You know, I'm, I'm talking about going back to black and white movies. Mm-hmm. And coming forward, these individuals were strategically, this, this is through some of the research that's been done, the Hollywood, uh, uh, you know, the motion picture uh, a, a movie uh, producers allowed to be placed in their movies uh, to to get more people to smoke. I think when we were talking about this uh, uh, last week, uh, or, or when you were here last, um, you used to, there was a time when you would go to the doctor and your doctor would be smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Or you yeah. mentioned uh, not just in yeah. hey, not just in the waiting room. You might even be in, in there an exam because doctors even promoted. There were doctors were being paid. Particularly, uh, two brands that I remember. I think one was Lucky Strike and Camels. That uh, this Turkish tobacco, and you know, doctors were being paid. You'd had commercials, uh, and definitely uh, in magazines, you'd have a doctor uh, sitting there smoking a cigarette and talking about this fine blend of Turkish tobacco, and it's safe for you to smoke. Yes, yeah, and and oh, being being a jazz fan since I was 16, 17 years old, most of our, if you look at our album cover, his mm-hmm. magazine, uh, Downbeat Magazine, which was the main uh, trade publication for jazz music in America, uh, a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Saeed Jamal, 
introduced me to Down Beat Magazine back in the 60s. And almost all of the famous jazz musicians back in the day, Billy Holiday, Louis Armstrong. They, they smoked. Uh, Duke, Duke Ellington, yeah. Charlie Parker. All of these individuals on the, you, you can see them with a You rarely see them filmed without a cigarette in their head. Right. Uh, so it, so the, the various tributaries to this addiction uh, is, is tremendous. It's, it's overwhelming. And, uh, this, and what, hold on. What's, for, I, what's ironic about that? Because they many of them were habitual. I mean, chain smoking is what it does to your lungs, but yet they were able to blow horns, saxophones, whatever, sing with beautiful rain, you know, and, and had they not done that, who knows how long they, I, I was looking at Miles, you know, a piece on Miles, you know, and as soon as he did his piece, he could light up and then somebody else is playing, you know, and then they doing their piece and then he comes back and he's, you know, in between shots, smoking a cigarette. Miles well, Miles, and Miles, I, I, I think you're talking about the documentary, The Birth of the Cool. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but, and, and Miles Davis put out an album called The Birth of the Cool. And what it was, was it was, it was some of the bebop uh, musicians, artists, merged their style of playing with a laid-back California style uh, every each region of the country during the jazz era and and afterwards uh, had, had a signature sound. Uh, there, there, there was the West Coast sound, and you know he came out of New York, he had a certain sound. He came out of Chicago, he had a certain sound. He came out of Kansas City, was the, the home of Charlie Parker and uh, uh, Count Basie. You had a certain style, particularly Kansas City musicians had this blues. Uh, element in their jazz, jazz, which gave it a distinct sound. But clearly, this is this, this addiction and this, this chemical, deadly chemical, nicotine, has been marketed, and it goes back to um, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh and the Native Americans and Columbus. Uh, of course, we know Columbus, uh, who stole a, a piece of America and handed it over to. to uh, Queen Isabella and, and uh, King Ferdinand uh, and uh, Sir Walter Raleigh brought the tobacco leaf back to Europe, mm-hmm. but they 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 engineered it and, and added the nicotine. Native Americans were smoking tobacco in their rituals. They weren't smoking nicotine-laced tobacco. Right. But that's what the European mind did to the world. Osha, you've made many trips to the motherland, to Africa. The closest I've come to Africa is across the Red Sea from uh, what's now called Saudi Arabia. Uh, one of the major culture shops uh, as a Sunni Muslim since 1992 uh, and going to Hajj, uh, what some people refer to as the pilgrimage to Mecca, a little bit more than just children to Mecca, but that's another subject. The biggest culture shock I experienced was seeing Muslim men smoke. Mm. Uh, here in, in Milwaukee at the Islamic Dawah Center, almost any community that you go to, particularly during Ramadan, I, I, I began to see uh, immigrant Muslims from Africa, Asia, the Arab world, 
fast all day. Summer, winter, fall, the, uh, when, when the, the month of Ramadan sometimes comes in the summer, sometimes comes in the winter. Uh, uh, it's, it's a little more merciful in the winter because the days are shorter, so you don't, you're not going over 12 hours before you break your fast daily. But the number of Muslim smoking uh, immigrants that I encounter here, and then when I go to Saudi Arabia for Hajj, it, it was just a, the first culture shock, Oshie, was coming up on the escalator out of customs in the airport, and the first thing I see is a huge electronic sign, uh, 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 advertisement, the Marlboro Man on mm. a horse with a mm. hat on. In Saudi Arabia, oh, <laughs> <man. laughs> as you man. move around the country from Mecca to Medina to Mina, man, every Arab Muslim you see is smoking a hookah and got a pack of tools in their pocket. Hmm. And just uh, chime in or say something, or see if anybody you know wants to comment. But when we talk about the birth of the coup, as a kid growing up, one of the most ubiquitous uh, 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 brands of cigarettes that I can recall was it was Cool. Mm-hmm. They made cigarettes Cool. Now yeah. Cool, if you look Cool up in the dictionary. The picture next to it is going to be an indigenous American of African descent. We birth, like the album said, we birth the cool. Mm-hmm. We take all over the world, whether it's through jazz, R&B, blues, hip hop. Everybody in around the world, especially young people, want to uh, want to be identified or align themselves with the cool of America that was birthed. And, and generated by indigenous Americans of African descent, but you see the but and most of the cigarettes now that are imported, uh, as the, the the number of smokers in the United States have gone down over the years, most of the cigarettes produced in the United States are, are sold overseas. Right. You can right. go online and place uh, 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 Indonesia on YouTube and see two and three year old kids. In diapers, mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes. Uh, it, it's just amazing that they've, you know, they've imported this deadly habit around the world. Uh, well, and, it, it has provided them so much money. Oh, you know, for over decades, have made them rich. You know, from from when they marketed to us, particularly menthol, because yeah. Because I, you know, the first cigarette I smoked was my father's pale male. I mean, that gave me such a headache, man. I was like, man, I don't want to smoke this shit no more. Then I smoked a Winston, which is not menthol, you know. But then once you got to Cool, Newports, Salem's, and other menthol cigarettes, and you and 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 they were being promoted big time on television and in and in ads prior to the 70s, which ended all of that. But they still were in ads. They still were on billboards until they yeah. ended that. Because I, I remember going to uh, the NACP convention, and, of course, they had free cigarettes, you yeah. know. They had free, free little packs of cigarettes and so forth because the NACP was getting a, a, a sizable donation from the Tobacco Institute. And just like other 
organizations in their conferences and events getting a sizable donation, you know, until they ended that. Then they said, well, it's, it, you know, it, it's problematic here in the States, but we have a market uh, in other countries, you know, that we can lay this on them and get them hooked because it is, it is not the menthol. The menthol helps it. It's the nicotine. And it's not to tobacco. Because just like you said, indigenous people smoked tobacco. But when, they, when, when, when the manufacturers put the nicotine in there, off, oh, it was over. You know, you hooked. Yeah. You know, Osi, I can remember uh, as a teenager, uh, and, you know, we both and many people listening experienced the, the, a period in your young life where you were, what they called, there was a movie called Love and Basketball. Yeah, my, one and, of my favorite movies. Yeah, and I love uh, playing basketball. Girls love basketball players, and I wanted to be out there playing basketball. Yep. But I was a lot of my friends who you know, and, you know, you playing a full-court game in the summer, in the heat, and, you know, once the game is over and you're waiting for the, you know, they, what would they say, I got next? I got next. In the, and in your waiting guys, time. Oh, oh, for cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> that was unbelievable to me. And some of these guys, yeah. cold-blooded, angry, in the summer, in the heat, and, no, you know, once the game is over, Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was that was always a shock to me that uh, individuals and then of course, you know, once you start experimenting with alcohol and drugs, then eventually the cigarette. Well, that's legal. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's a phenomenon that we have not gotten over. And the, to the point, the marketing of menthol cigarettes in the African American community uh, just defies. The, the numbers because the, 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 the number of African-Americans who smoke uh, tobacco. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I, we talked about this ocean preparation. If you look around the country and possibly around the world, there's this explosion that sort of uh, can be traced back to hip hop and uh the music genre, you know, in and of itself, mm -hmm. but the, the mixing tobacco with cannabis, mm -hmm. uh, Bob Marley, some of the hip-hop artists, uh, uh, Tribe Called Quest, they they started as the hip, as the music, hip-hop music began to across the country, uh, the, the smoking of uh, blunts or spliffs, some people call them splits, depending upon what part of the country you're in. But basically, you're talking about cigar tobacco leaf mm -hmm. uh, rolled up with cannabis, and uh, basically you mix with cannabis and tobacco. Now, cannabis, you know, may have some addictive qualities. I, I don't know anybody who's ever died from smoking cannabis. I don't know anybody who's ever really went to jail other than for selling it. Uh, or some, you know, most of the country, we, we America is going through a phase that we've been through before, Oshie, with respect to uh, when they uh, 
banned alcohol in the 1920s for about 10 years, an era that they called prohibition, the, the un, un, unintended consequences of uh, prohibition with respect to alcohol. Now, uh, cigarettes and alcohol historically have gone together. Is more people started drinking during the prohibition of alcohol than <laughs> with right. When you and one of the reasons is because it, it was uh, parallel the, the jazz era and uh, prohibition of, uh, of alcohol were around the same time, the 1920s and 30s. Once they 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 prohibited the the, the uh, commercial sales of alcohol, people didn't stop drinking. They just started drinking at at, at, at what they call speakeasies, or what we in our time call after-hour joints. Mm -hmm. So, even though you couldn't go to a bar and smoke, alcohol uh, uh, speakeasies were people's apartments where jazz musicians played their music, and people drank and smoked. Ladies, for example, if you look back in history, look at cowboy films, there was a certain type of lady that went into a saloon. But during uh, Prohibition, women who didn't go in bars went to speakeasies and drank. Similarly, you've got this going on in, in, in now with cannabis, which is legal in a, almost 40 of the 50 states. And there, you know, with the places like Wisconsin where it is not legal, medically, or recreational, they're still locking up people here for something that you can go to Michigan. You can take a boat across Lake Michigan to, uh, from Milwaukee to Michigan and purchase cannabis. You can drive to Chicago or Minnesota, the three states that border Wisconsin, and you can buy, purchase cannabis. It makes no sense right. that they are still people here in Wisconsin, but it's mainly because of the prison industrial complex. They they look more to the money they make of incarcerating people who use or sell cannabis than the amount of money, the millions of dollars that are going to Illinois, Michigan, and Minnesota for people who do this already. And then that doesn't even count the, the cartel business. But point being, there is going to be an explosion in health care, I predict, I hope I'm wrong in the coming years with two things. The way young African-American men are walking around with their pants down, their gait is completely changed. They're going to have, they're going to have serious problems in the, in the future. And smoking cannabis uh, with Blunts. tobacco leaves. Right. Yeah. Scar leaves. Blunts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it won't be long because the matter it, it, it's happening now. From what I understand, because tobacco use kills more people, you know, than many of the other things, heart disease and so forth combined, you know. And, you know, and oh, it's you know, it's a legal drug, right? That's that's the the hideous thing about it is despite. You know, the deadly consequences of, uh, of nicotine mm -hmm. addiction, it's, it's something you can buy 24 hours a day. You know, in, in, in most states, particularly Wisconsin, you can't buy alcohol and, and, and uh, uh, take it out uh, after 9 o'clock. You, you can buy cigarettes 24 hours a day. And 
I'm sure you, like myself and most uh, of the listeners and even people who are not listening, have have lost someone close to us, sure. somebody that we from uh, their addiction to tobacco and nicotine. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, we, we often talk about Oshie when we discuss slavery and Jim Crow and racism, white supremacy. We talk about uh, a, a phrase that France Fanon, the, uh, I was first introduced to France Fanon, uh, who was who from Al- Africa, uh, the country Algeria in Africa, uh, and uh, the two books I first read by him when I was about 17, 18 years old was White Skin, Black Mass, mm-hmm. uh, um, and Wretched of the Earth. Yeah. yeah. And he's popular in the term cognitive, cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Cognitive the mindset dissonance. of the oppressor and basically uh, ignoring the reality that you, you're treating some people inhumane uh, le- le- worse than you treated animal, animals for three, 400 years. And uh, the fact that the people who, who, who you uh, oppress have cognitive dissonance where in many respects they're in denial. If you try to start, there's two things you can clear a room with in some cases. If you bring up God and slavery or racism or white supremacy, most people don't want to talk about it. But clearly, one of the manifestations of it is the fact that the people that it's perpetrated on sometimes are in total denial. Similarly, they, with all of the information available about the dangers of uh, tobacco, nicotine addiction, and how deadly it is, almost a half a million people die every year from uh, tobacco-related illness. Uh, it, it, it's, as, it's as deadly as COVID. Uh, I mean, people are still dying from COVID, but not in the numbers when it first hit. But clearly, there's no abatement. Uh, e- even during COVID, people probably smoked more. Sure they did. Sure they did. So, so they were shut in, right. not able to move around the way they normally did. And clearly, those are some of the things that bring on the, um, uh, the, the you know, if you, you've observed people, if they have to go someplace where they can't smoke for a period of time, to court or okay. insert. When some, some, I see people, I still use public transportation. I see people get ready to get off the bus, and they'll get to the door, the back door, the side door, and they'll light up a cigarette before they step outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's it's a terrible thing because you I, I probably like sagging pants and underwear. I don't know if they do still doing this everywhere in the world, but here in Milwaukee, uh, it's still going on. And I'm as taken aback uh, as long as I've been seeing it, watching somebody light up a cigarette and begin to kill themselves, as I am about seeing a man walk down the street and I can see his whole rear end and what what label is on his underwear. That's terrible. Why? Uh, it, it's a terrible condition, yeah. but addiction. Uh, uh, there's the same. The definition of an. I'll give two. I'll, I'll share two with the, the audience. Oshie, one is an addiction is a person who has a love relationship with a drug or a chemical, and addiction is suicide on an, the installment plan. Mm. Uh, 
I, I met one of my granddaughters for the first time uh, who came here from Colorado. And um, I, I saw her. She came earlier during the day, but I didn't see her till that evening. She came here. She spent the night here. And the first thing she did when she got up in the morning was ask me, uh, is it okay if I go outside and smoke a cigarette? And my response to her was, you know there are quicker ways to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the slow, agonizing death of lung cancer and, and heart disease and all the other things that will befall you because of cigarette smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, emphysema and COPD. Yeah. And you don't you don't hear the term uh, emphysema as much no more. You most of the commercials on television are are about um, uh, I'm sorry I lost my train of thought. Um, but yeah 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 COPD is what you see more on TV right. commercials is emphysema. Uh, however, COPD, which stands for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is included under the category COPD. You you were explaining this to me, I think when we were together last time you were here in Milwaukee, about HIV and AIDS. Right. That, you know, what, is, what was that you told me about HIV and AIDS? You said people don't actually die from. Right, right, they don't die from. They don't die from AIDS. They don't die from HIV. What they die from is the fact that your body has been rendered unprotected and anything that could be a susceptible a common cold if I had a common cold and I and you had HIV or, or deeply you had AIDS you could catch that and now you got pneumonia and now you can subtly die from that you know it's because your immune system has been deeply right your immune system is shot well similarly Emphysema, as I said, is included under under COPD, but the two are not synonymous. Mm -hmm. A patient can be diagnosed with COPD without having emphysema and could instead be suffering from chronic bronchitis. With mm -hmm. emphysema, your lungs are damaged beyond repair. Yeah, right. See, you can have COPD and live a little bit longer than if you didn't smoke but if you have emphysema, it's progressive yeah. and, and terminal. Right. Exactly. And I know there are people who, uh, and, and this is where it, you know it calls for some mercy. Uh, you know, when one of your loved ones is, is addicted to, to nicotine, you know these people love their children, their mother, their father, their siblings. Uh, you know they love them, but. I guess part of the illness is, you know, they can't break from this addiction. So you have to be compassionate with them. And the other thing, in addition to being a uh, smoke cessation specialist since 1996, in 2011, I became what's called, a, uh, it was a new paradigm that was introduced uh, in uh, uh, mental health and uh, substance abuse and chemical dependency, certified peer specialist. And a certified peer specialist is a person, uh, and I was state certified in 2011, uh, is a person who is part of a team of support for individuals who are recovering from a mental health, substance abuse, or addiction. And, and it has, it's a different paradigm than the 
AODA paradigm where you go to someone, you know, with an addiction to sit down and give them all your psychosocial information and history, and they they do a treatment plan and then come back and say, okay, this is what you're going to do here, here, here. Certified peer specialist, the, the plan is person-centered. The person with the addiction or the mental health issue ha- plays a part in uh, creating their recovery or, or their plan uh, uh, for recover- recovery or sobriety. Mm-hmm. And during that same time in 2012, I became a research assistant slash peer specialist with the University of Wisconsin Center. The, the, the acronym you mostly hear them say is UWC Tree. The UWC Tree stands for the University of Wisconsin Center for, uh, for uh, Tobacco Research and Intervention. And what I was tasked to do, uh, myself and about five other individuals, was to go into the mental health community because they've determined, and this was back in 2011 or 2012, it probably could be greater now. I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it. But what we did was we went to mental health agencies and, and paid individuals to participate in an attempt to quit smoking. We did not tell them, listen, would you like to quit smoking? That's a little too much. Uh, the physiologic homeostasis aspect of uh, nicotine addiction or any addiction, which is once you uh, 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 your body adjusts to receiving something poison, because the, the human body is a very obedient servant. If you put something, I don't care how you dress it up, if you put something in the body that is toxic or poison, nicotine, alcohol, drugs, your body is going to first reject that. No, 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 don't, don't do that. Now, the only thing is the human being, like the computer program, has the ability to override that. And so if you continue to put that system, substance in your system, then your body has adapted to it. And as it dissipates, you go to sleep, you go a certain amount of time, your body is going to start demanding. If you put some more of that back in here, I'm going to make you feel really, really uncomfortable, almost to the point of being sick. Most people, when they're trying to quit, and especially if they attempted cold turkey, because 75% of the people who attempt to smoke, quit smoking cigarettes, nicotine, and uh, other drugs as well, relapse. Miles Davis is an a, a anomaly in that respect. When Miles Davis was addicted to heroin, he went to his far, father's uh, farm where he grew up right. in East yeah. Illinois and went into a guest house yep. and chained him to a radiator and didn't come out for seven days. Hmm. Most people do that. I wouldn't yeah. even advise to do that. Right. Yeah, you, <laughs> that you wouldn't be your advice, would it? <laughs> you you something like Miles Davis? Probably not. Because it yeah. probably wouldn't be, wouldn't be a good idea for you to try to quit an addiction cold turkey. Right. So on the end of that, I'll say this, oh, shit, I don't know if it's time for a break. Yes, yeah, it is. Listen, we're, yeah, we're up on so, the break. One of the things that we, we we know for sure is that when you get ready to try to quit smoking tobacco, uh, you, you're going to need some support. The tobacco industry was sued and settled so that uh, every state now has tobacco uh, 
uh, addiction uh, uh, recovery programs that are free. And, and if the person is willing, if they can put aside their pride, you can take nas na inhalants, lozenges, uh, medication, varenicline, uh, to stave off the the, 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 the the tough part of getting over the, the, the tendency to want to smoke another cigarette by just giving it in a smaller dosage to yourself until you can wean yourself off. I recommend that for most people, but your path is yours to choose. Right on. All right, good brother. We appreciate it, Brother Muhammad. Uh, brothers and sisters, we're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, there'll be more conversation. You can join this conversation, but conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Fence Walk, Mandrell, 1973, 50 years. Wow. That was a good Friday. That was a good Friday song. I remember listening to that. I was up in the upstairs, downstairs, at Tehran, just getting my groove on, you know. <laughs> you remember that, Muhammad? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Don, Don Jackson Don, uh, yeah. <laughs> started the Academy of Physical Culture. That's right. Uh, later on, uh, established the upstairs, downstairs, where adults, could you know do the yeah. lounge or the fire scene yep. upstairs and downstairs? Uh, if you were under the drinking age, then you could still get your jam on. Yeah, de- definitely uh, a feature of our upbringing and what kind of distinguishes our, our upbringing, uh, despite being colored and Negro at the time. <laughs> but we had a community and we had yeah. places to go. And- oh, especially and most important, dance. Yeah, damn, damn. Our young people nowadays—they don't dance. Don't, they don't. They don't hand. They don't bop. They don't. They don't. You know, yeah. step. They don't do yeah, nothing. That man, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a different world. Yeah, yeah, it is, brother. We're gonna get back to that conversation once again. Uh, I'm talking with brother Muhammad Abdullah. We're talking about nicotine, the addictiveness, the intentional marketing of that product to our community and how it has continued to devastate us to this very day and will continue to do that because of its addictive properties. Uh, Brother Brother Irv, 443. 443, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Baba Oshi. Thank you for taking my call. Can uh, you hear me well? Very well, my brother. Go ahead. Your, 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 your guest is phenomenal. His, 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 his knowledge and his, and, his, and his ability to recall it's amazing. I'm listening. It to is, brother. I agree with. Hey, brother, hold on, hold on. Hey, hey, hold on, brother. Er, believe yeah. me, it is. I, I know this brother well over about fifty years, only from high school, man, and he still mm-hmm. can talk about cats from high school. And I'd be like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> full names too, you know. Yeah, that's my friend, my brother Muhammad. Go ahead, brother. Er, I'm sorry. No, the brother, the brother is phenomenal. But um, when I was listening to him speak, I was thinking about the subliminal messaging that, that the white man does to, to, to black people. And I'm going to say American Africans. What, what he does to us is he subliminally puts this in your mind. And, and, and Oshie says at the end of the show, the mind is the most valuable thing that, the, that, that they have. And that's because they ask the one, they'll tell you in one breath, you not smoke, uh, and then and then, and then the next thing they're promoting smoking is a movie because they still smoke in the movie, and 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 that's that's advertising. Everything you do, and you see, we do we do from the movies that we see, or or, or any type of ad, that is advertising as education. So I noticed even with, with with gambling, the same thing. You can if you gamble too much, call this number, but yet the casinos open, and, and smoking is the same way. They, I remember when they had the Virginia Sim tennis tournament. You remember that? Sure, and sure. Like, for women. Virginia for women. Tennis, yeah. Remember, you got to breathe to play tennis. It's just like when you – why is there a, a, a beer commercial and an athletic event? 
drinking and, 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 and athletics don't go together. And smoking is the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely correct. I was in England and everyone smoked in England. Everyone smoked. If they didn't smoke cigarettes, they smoked some type of tobacco product. In fact, and when, just because it's legal doesn't make it right. In fact, when I was it in Ghana, make it right. in fact, when I was in Ghana, all, mostly all the tobacco or the tobacco product cigarettes were imported from England. And them brothers and them Correct. brothers and I, I don't remember sisters too much, but those brothers smoke, you know, and they were imported. So, I mean, you know, the importation of tobacco and particularly nicotine and definitely for us targeted with uh, menthol, because I, I'm just going to be honest, you know, um, when I was smoking those cigarettes and I wasn't a, a serious, I didn't buy cigarettes. I, I bummed cigarettes, but you can't bum cigarettes today. They're too damn expensive. Man. <laughs> they're too damn expensive. Man. How much is the pack of cigarettes? About $8? Eight dollars over, over, <laughs> over, over ten dollars in some cases, Oshi. Over a $10. pack of cigarettes is over ten dollars. Over ten dollars, absolutely. And they still sell, and they still sell because of the uh, because of the addiction, man. Yeah, because of the Oshi, in the in the correctional environment, in most correctional institutions, they they have banned smoking. Uh, I know for sure here in Wisconsin, I served as a, a correctional chaplain or a ma'am in the correctional system mm-hmm. uh, 15 years. From uh, ni- uh, 1995 up until 2017, I retired. But what some inmates are able to do, they can find a guard or, or one of the kitchen staff. They will give these individuals 100 200 $300 for a carton of cigarettes. Then they bring the cigarettes in and they'll break them down in the paper. This is unbelievable, Oshie. Uh, mm. the, the toilet paper, you know, the, this wrapped around toilet paper? Mm-hmm. They would take mm-hmm. the paper and roll up cigarettes, the tobacco, into those and then sell them and smoke them. And you see these guys with this ink on their fingers and like, what is that? Uh, hey, he, he, uh, he smokes them, uh, I don't know what they call them, but yeah, it, it clearly it, it is it is a is a serious addiction, and let's just throw a fact out here: tobacco kills more people than car crashes, alcohol, murder, AIDS, and suicides combined, according to the Tobacco right. for Free Kids 2023. Mm-hmm. Let's give let's give former President Obama uh, the credit. One of the things he did in regards to the healthcare system was he he established digitizing the healthcare system. One of the companies here in Wisconsin in mm-hmm. Verona uh, called Epic that my brother worked for Aurora Sinai Hospital. He went for a year to Epic to train how to digitize uh, medical records. But the other thing President Obama Obama established is that when you go to the doctor, they have they ask you five question they call them the five a's ask do you smoke uh, try to ask you if you want to try to attempt to quit uh, i can't remember all five days off the top of my head but clearly they have uh, have made that some put that at the forefront because if a, you, a person is coming to you for health reasons the, the ones that the, uh, the first thing you want to identify are they on the path of killing themselves slowly but by this addiction Despite start, uh, starting to smoke later and smoking fewer packs per day, 
African-Americans who smoke menthol, menthol cigarettes successfully quit smoking at a lower rate than non-menthol smoking African-Americans. Uh, one more research shows that if menthol cigarettes were banned naturally, 44.5% of African-Americans who smoke menthol would try to quit. Mm-hmm. Let's do this, people. Wow. Yeah. Let me wow. let me get Brother Paul in here. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, my brother. I'll okay. hold on. All right. Thank on. you. One Thank you, Brother Irv. Brother Paul, good afternoon or good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning to you, Brother Ochi, and good, good morning to your guest and Brother Irv and everybody else who's listening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead, Brother Paul. Good, good. You know, uh, this subject which uh, your, your guest and you have introduced is the most profound subject I've, I've heard on radio for a very long time. Um, and it, it's something, I had a question for you, um, and I've never applied that question, but the relevant time is now. Is, is, would you consider uh, a part of the African uh, heritage? Say that again, Brother Paul. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, would you would you consider smoke would you consider smoking part of the African heritage? No. No, okay. no, brother. I don't know if you were listening earlier, but the the tobacco was part of Native, Native American uh ritual uh spirituality. Once Europeans came here, Columbus and Sir Walter Raleigh and this is a, just a quick blurb on who Sir Walter Raleigh was. Sir Walter Raleigh was one of the most famous explorers for Queen Elizabeth I. His courage, okay, this is their opinion, his so-called courage and so-called good looks made him a favorite of the queen. She rewarded him handsomely. Raleigh was also considered a scholar, a poet, but he is usually remembered for introducing, uh, for introducing the essential tomato, I'm sorry, potato, and addictive tobacco to Europe and the world. So, no, this is not part of our heritage. This is a part of Native American heritage that was exploited and science up to create addiction because it's not tobacco that people are addicted to. It is the chemical nicotine, which when burnt or set on fire, produces a tar that gets on the lungs. The other factor with respect to smoking cigarettes is this. On your lungs, the human being, and, and if you believe in a, a creator, and, and if you believe that all human life began in Africa years ago, then you know this would not be something that's part of our heritage. No disrespect to the brother's question. It's an excellent question. But clearly, these individuals have marketed this for one reason and one reason alone. Money. Profit, profit, money. And so, mm-hmm. so, so, no, it is yeah. not the it's something uh, put put in our our lap by. Thank you for that. Thank you. And explorers. All right. Oh, yeah. Thank you another... for that. All right. Go ahead, Paul. Are, are, you, are, you, are you are you familiar with uh, Edward? Brother Paul, say that you. say that again, brother Paul. We didn't, we didn't you you, you uh, got broken up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Is your guest sorry? Is your guest familiar with Edward Bernays? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man, yeah, absolutely. The Jewish guy, 
no, no, no disrespect to our. Uh, this is not an anti-Semitic program, but hell yeah, he is considered <laughs> of a, of yeah. advertising. Mm-hmm. He's a feature. Look, look that. Thank you very much, brother. People, look that person. If you want to understand how America and a lot of the world, how they get off and 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 establish heavy marketing, Edward Bernays, he was related to to um, the cat that died of throat cancer, the father of psychology, uh, Sigmund Freud. Edward Bernays was Sigmund Freud's nephew. Hmm. Put that in your put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> no but, but clearly, when I read that, I I I can't think what I was researching, but I came across uh, Edward Bernays, and then I'm reading his history. He is the nephew of Sigmund uh, Sigmund Fraud. Sigmund Fraud. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. For- Absolutely right. So the thing is, right, um, for those who don't know, you're, you're right. Uh, Edward Bernays is, is the person who came to America, uh, and uh, his, his uncle was Sigmund Freud, the, the, um, the, the, the grandmaster of um, the discipline you talked about. But the point I'm trying to make is that the, uh, Sigmund Freud worked and dealt with this discipline called psychology. And Edward Bernays was trained up in the same psychology. When he came to America, he was the one who basically taught women how to smoke. He's the one who went to the uh, um, corporations and gave them the psychology discipline and how to use it within corporations to Mm. program people. Mm. So, and both of them, both of them, by the way, are both tied and both masters of the Tavistock Institute. Both of them come out of the Tavistock Institute. And for those who don't know, they need to, you know, I'm not going to take it off the subject, need to research the Tavistock Institute in England. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, you know, the, the subject you raise is so profound, and I'm so glad you raised it because it's so necessary. And the reason why I say that, because often um, a lot of the subjects which, you know, which we hear on the radio, which I hear on the radio, Sometimes I would describe no disrespect to anyone as distractions. This isn't a distraction because this is one of those things which is hugely, like you rightfully say, affecting the African community all over the world, right? And it's 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 fundamental that we do something about it and stop burying our heads in the sands. Being a non-smoker myself, never smoked a cigarette or anything in my life. My dad's the same. My brothers are the same. We've never, ever smoked anything in our lives. So, you know, and I've seen the damage it's done. I see the damage. And I think it's a gateway to most, um, you know, other drugs and um, stuff. You know, smoking is definitely a gateway to those things. And it's something that we need to stop burying our heads in the sand and pretending that it's not doing us so much damage and deal with. So I think it's such a profound subject you I mean, raised. Just like you're saying a gateway, because even for me, coming up uh, coming up as I did, smoking because the cats I hung around with started smoking. And, and, and initially, it wasn't menthol cigarettes. And then later with menthol cigarettes. And then even when I came on the fire department, I must be honest, uh, after a fire and all that stuff and all those terrible gases and, and toxins and so forth, a cigarette tastes good. I ain't <laughs> I ain't wow. I, 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 let, me, let me get Irv in here, man. Irv, Irv, 
Did you, you didn't you didn't smoke after a fire, did you? Uh, uh, brother, I've seen people after the fire is out. We're doing overhaul. That means right. stand inside the building and he pulls it. They've got a cigarette hanging out there. Their miles, now. yes. Yes. Brother, I'm telling you, I'm yes. telling you, I smoked 35, 40 years ago. I did. I, I'm not going to lie. I smoked because everybody else smoked. Right. And it was cool to smoke. Brother, I, yeah. was, I was on the swim team at my high school. And after we got finished swimming, we all smoked cigarettes. Yeah. Brother. And it felt so, you could hear it, you could feel it permeating, going through your, in your chest. And you, ooh, that felt so good. Yeah. And you're killing yourself. Yeah. And you yeah. But I loved it. Yeah, because yeah. when, when, when you know my, better, when you know better, you do better. That's right. Because two of my and, best friends, and, and the education that you're getting on the show is, is is getting us to know better. Even at this late date, one guy told me, even if you stop smoking after 20 years, your lungs can repair themselves. And I yeah. said, Wow. He said, Yeah. Oh, even oh. if you stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go but, ahead, Muhammad. Yeah, this, this, uh, the brother brought me back to a thought. I realized it incomplete. What I was saying about uh, your lungs is on the lungs of the human being, you have these little fiber-like hairs called cilia. And what happens over time, and if you, and as brother just uh, offered, even if you've been smoking for years, when you, when you, at whatever point you stop, you're going to add, put some, some years of, of, of your life back on the table. But what happens over time is from the smoking, the nicotine, the tar, it erodes the philia off your lungs. The philia mm-hmm. on your lungs is what allows you, everybody growing up learns how to do this. When the philia yes, burn mm-hmm. off your lungs, you can't do that. You can't bring phlegm up from mm-hmm. your lungs and it out and it gets trapped there. And mm-hmm. after what you find people that smoke, they begin to labor yes. to breathe. Yes. And mm-hmm. one more thing. Someone mentioned earlier, I think it was the previous caller before the brothers on now, mentioned uh, sublim- Subliminal Seduction. That book, Subliminal Seduction, was introduced to the uh, members of Warren D. Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad's son after he died. He told us, read that book, Subliminal Seduction. And what it led me to is what the brother mentioned about Edward Bernays, is these corporations established what they call motivation research institutes. What motivates mm-hmm. people things, even when you don't want it or need it? Mm-hmm. And they come up with subliminal advertising that causes you to smoke or, or, or to uh, engage in addictive behavior and it's below the conscious level, so you all times with the peer pressures that we experience in society, you don't even know why you're doing it. Right. And, and that's so, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yes, yeah, very, very serious thing. Uh, let, me, let me get my other brother in, in here. Uh, 469, 469. Kevin? Hey, thank you so much. I'm not going to be on very long, but Oshi, at first, I was just like to. Thank you once again for bringing these dynamic speakers on. And Brother Muhammad, man, you you're, you just have so much information, a wealth of information. And I Thank certainly appreciate you. it. God, uh, Thank you. Yeah. And one other thing, Oshi, uh, well, well, one other thing, you played that mandrill. Yeah. 
Man, that's on time. That is on time. Yes, sir, brother. That's a Friday <laughs> song, bro. You got you, you get jumping on that. Tell some, tell some of the who Men's Real was. The group. The group? Yeah. Mandrell? Yeah. Wasn't it an a, a African jazz yeah. group? Yeah. They're African jazz yeah. group. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We didn't just we didn't just we didn't just import Hugh Master Taylor, Mandrill, Congo uh, <laughs> Set, yeah, yeah. Right. brother, brother Debanga. I was gonna pray brother Debanga, So Makusa. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll give him next time. Yeah, yeah, you, and you, you mentioned the world, and man, it's 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 uh it's, it's a gift that we gave to keep on giving. Right on. Yeah, you you mentioned Miles, and you know I'm from East St. Louis, so you always have an affinity for Miles. And that, but one of the things too, I'll say this and get off with Mandrill and those groups back then, those bands where you had that tight harmony, you know, there was a sense of unity that these people had to work together and spend a lot of time to get that rhythm together as opposed to what they're doing today. And I like for someone to come on and talk about the differences in the music. Uh, those big bands or those tight bands, the Ohio players, the Earthwind, Fire, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of other ones, where they had to spend, you know, they had to spend a great deal of time, time. rehearsing. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, putting together. So, anyway, I'm going to get out of you all here. And again, thank you, Oshi and Brother Muhammad. And I'm going to just sit back and listen. Right on, Kevin. Peace to you, my oh, dear oh, brother. Peace. Oshi, we. We'll have we have to do in the near future, God willing, a program on the only true art form, American art, right? Which came from us, the indigenous American African descent, jazz music. We come on to talk about so much a part of our legacy here in this country that too many of our young people don't know about it, and the fact that jazz music was dead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Muhammad. Say that again because you you broke up. Uh, I know that okay, you so said that the original uh, art form, which is of course yeah, jazz, jazz, yeah. jazz music, and its cousins, gospel, blues, ragtime, is the only truly American art form. Every other art form was imported from someplace else, but this music came out of the souls of our people. It came out of the uh, the, the African uh, experience of slavery and, and Jim Crow, and uh, it, it really needs to be re- At one point in time, uh, uh, one musician said, jazz is as dead as Abraham Lincoln. Mm. But it's been, it, it, it came back to life, it's still here, and more of our people, so much of our history and legacy is intertwined with that jazz history. We, we have to do a program in the future on that, Oshie, God willing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I know you have watched Kim Burns like I've watched Kim Burns. You know, his documentary yeah. on jazz music, which is outstanding. Which is yes, outstanding, is. man. And, other, and of course, some, some uh, recent uh, uh, documentaries, you know, uh, Miles, Train, you know, and there's some other documentaries. So, you know. Uh, uh, Lee, yeah, Lee, Lee Morgan, Yeah, you're going, boy, Lee Morgan. Yeah. yeah, Lee Morgan. Yes, sir. Trumpet. So, uh, 
We got a lot of time, y'all. So get in. You know, we hit dial 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Got some folks here. So, oh, let me throw this out there. I mentioned former President Barack Obama, but the program that, that he established uh, is called the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. And what it did is it granted the FDA the authority to regulate tobacco products to protect public health. And some uh, uh, states like California and there's some others, they have banned menthol cigarettes. They know that this is a product, a deadly product that's manufactured and targeted towards the indigenous African-American community. And uh, we, we need to try to quit this by whatever means is necessary. No doubt about it, because, I mean, menthol cigarettes started becoming very prevalent in the 60s into the 70s. And, and, and it, that's not what hooked us, but the fact that how it tastes, how it, when you smoked it, when you, much different than Winston's, much different than a, a, a Pale Mel or Paul Mall, as we, as, so, <laughs> as we pronounce it, so, you know. Let me drop this. So part of the part of what smoking has become for us and anybody who becomes addicted to uh, nicotine, tobacco, is that it is used as a, a form of self-medication. So what they uh, determine is that smokers in the morning, when they first wake up and light up a cigarette, they're using it as a stimulant. Usually, if they, if, along with coffee to get them up and going in the morning. In the middle of the day, when you know you get through that, that grind and it's kind of winding down, it becomes uh, an, an antidepressant. And at night, when people who smoke tobacco inhale, they hold it longer and deeper, and then it becomes a sedative for them. So tobacco nicotine is used as a stimulant, an antidepressant, and a sedative for mm. those who become addicted. Mm. And and obviously, when the tobacco companies put nicotine into the products, no matter if it's menthol, no matter if it's Lucky Strikes, Winston's, you know, Camels, whatever, you are going to get hooked. You are going to get hooked. That was the whole intent, you know. And and and. and, and and the fact that they did not want to, even though the United States government and, of course, the, the American Medical Association changed from accepting that money from the, uh, the tobacco industry to fighting hard against it, and all those things began to change, all they did was move that product, you know, elsewhere around oh, the world. If you look, if you look at the, the uh, SAMHSA website where uh, – this information is located in other places as well. Some of the people who are on there, African-Americans, there's this particular young sister who said that she was introduced to or given free cigarettes when she was as young as nine years old back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, you can remember downtown Milwaukee, yeah. downtown Atlanta. Yeah. I can remember. People on the street, on the people street, on the street, handing out cigarettes. Yeah. That's Free packs of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. America is giving something away for free? It must be deadly. <laughs> Baba Oshie. Yes, go ahead, Irv. 
Well, they gave away the COVID vaccine for free. Anyway, you're mm. absolutely correct, my brother. When 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 they when, when the cigarettes was not doing what it what wasn't doing what they needed to do, they added other products. Now you have you said stimulant. You have a you can take a Red Bull, which is over caffeine, something that's super caffeine, to get you going in the morning and drink that energy drink, and, and, as opposed to drinking the coffee, which doesn't, but it doesn't do it as much. This 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 Red Bull gets you going a hundred times that. And a, and a doctor said the Red Bull is similar to the cigarette. It may not kill you now, but down the road, if you keep doing this, it's going to get you. It's going to get you. And that's the same way with cigarettes. It's a slow, it's a very slow death. And to ever, to, if you ever watch an old person who smokes, it looks utterly ridiculous. But you're absolutely correct, Brother Muhammad. I remember getting cigarettes for free. They, yeah. they, they would give them to you. And, and, and any time that a white man walks up to you and gives you something for free, it, it's going, it, it can't be something good for you. It can't be. And so Paul, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. As Paul Mooney said, if you let them into your closet, they'll come out wearing your clothes. My friend of mine, with 85, and sadly continues to, to smoke to imbibe nicotine. He years ago he told me about a friend of his that died of throat cancer. But while he was in the hospital, the cancer had eaten up his mouth, so they had to do mm. a tray, a hole in his chest, and he would smoke the cigarette that hole in his chest. Oh, my that's God. How, that's how addictive nicotine is. It's the same as, same as people who got a stoma, you know, from a trach. They put that cigarette right, right to their neck, man. Let me get uh, Brother Rick in here. 202, 202, good afternoon. Yes, sir. Brother, Brother Oshi, yes, you know, there are some of the programs – 99% of them. I'm in complete agreement with it. But this one, I'm in 105% in agreement with it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You know, because I, I, all, all of us went through this, man. I smoked for a while. Yeah. I stopped. I got pissed off. I almost got ready to kill somebody. Went and got me a cigarette, man. You know, and I didn't realize that, damn, this is, this is more than an addiction to my physical self. This is an addiction to my mental self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've seen people, man, I've, I've had people that would not even give me a dime, give me a quarter for some cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? Buy you, people won't speak to you, but you ask them for a cigarette, they'll give you a cigarette. That that told me then that this, and I must have been in my 40s, man, and I realized because my dad smoked, my uncle smoked, my grandfather smoked, everybody I knew smoked. It was an agenda. It's not just a social issue. It is a, like the brother was saying, this is a purported decimation agenda aimed at us. Them cool cigarettes, man, got, I mean, literally, they ought to just rename them to death, death cigarettes. And all of us having smoked, I know y'all can relate to what I'm saying, man. Uh, If you stop, congratulations. But even now, every so often, something will happen. Oh, see, I swear. It'll make me want a cigarette. I mean, right? I mean, and, and you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll take a puff from somebody and throw it down. I'm like, damn, you know, you ain't supposed to be doing that. But it's 
still, even with the knowledge of what I know about it, man, it is a, it is a, it is worse than white folks. And I can't think of nothing worse than white folks with cigarettes, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I know y'all. I know y'all know what I'm talking about, man. Because we can get rid of white folks permanently if the right thing gets done. But as long as they got them liquor stores on the corner, man, yeah. and the Seven Elevens and whatever, and you get in there, and somebody mm-hmm. pissed you off, and your mind reverts back to something that pissed you off similarly. Man, even today, I, I mean, not today, but even in these days, the thought will come to my mind, man, get me a cigarette or I'm going to hurt somebody. You know? <laughs> so, 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 Go ahead, Mom. One of my, my favorite books, uh, the title of it is uh, Positive Addiction. And, yeah. uh, and, and it was one of the things that helped me get rid of another addiction that I had and basically what it, what it comes down to is once you develop a habit and smoking cigarettes is a lot, you just think back over the life people you've seen smoke. Some people do it before they eat, after they eat, yep. when they're on the yep. toilet, when they're drinking, yep. when they're high. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. many things that it's, that it's not just a nicotine addiction. It is. It has to be a lifestyle change. So if you want to quit attempt to quit smoking, you're going to have to replace that addiction with some other behavior, jogging, working out, Tai Chi, something. Do it with a partner. Mm-hmm. Get some help. Yeah. That, yes, sir. You're absolutely right, brother. You're absolutely yeah. right. I just got to – I got to just – I'm not going to stay along, but I just want to commend Oshi. Brother, like I said, this is one of the best – as far as I'm concerned, in my humble opinion, best programs you've had, and you had some super monsters, man. But this one here, because it's all you got to do is sit, talk. If you ain't got nothing to do one day, sit outside a liquor store and see how many people throw that cigarette down before they go into the store. You know they're going to get a pack or they got a pack in their pocket, man. And and this this is reverting back. The brother hit something that really struck home with me, that it wasn't the tobacco Indians used to use it. And I used to notice that, man. I used to say, well, damn, they can't be that bad. You know, but they would have a uh, uh, sitting around the teepee, and they have cigarettes, to buy, that tobacco, actually, which is the same thing. But then well, I, well, none of that's – go ahead, I'm the sorry. Poor, the poor Native Americans, despite all the other genocidal behavior and acts that have been tar- they've been targeted with, Yes, sir. The tobacco, as part of their ritual, is not connected to nicotine. But clearly, yes. you find many, in fact, the cheap, you know where the cheapest cigarettes in the country are sold? On the, res- on the reservation. When I lived in Arizona, mm. somebody told me, they said, well, I said, why are all these people? They said, well, that's the, the reservation over there. They can go on the reservation and buy cigarettes cheaper, and I don't know for sure, but it may not even include taxes. But clearly, mm. it's it, it, it's the perverted the perversion of the tobacco that Sir, that Columbus and Sir Walter Raleigh took back to Europe and engineered. Know this? Yes. There are the first time I went to Canada in 1996. It was illegal at that time in the United States, and you couldn't find it online or anywhere else to print, publish the the, the ingredients in. A cigarette. There wow. are over six to seven thousand chemicals, ammonia, and a bunch of them I can't pronounce. You can look it up now. 
So when you light up that sweat, you're not only lighting up tobacco under the amount of but also exposed by seven thousand chemicals. Okay, I'll come in and get that. Yeah, I'm gonna close these. So go ahead, Muhammad. Yeah, because I heard a lot of background no, noise. So but if, again. I heard a lot of background noise. So they know if you want to uh, get back in, just hit start twice, fellas. Hit start twice. Go ahead, Muhammad. Sorry about that, Oshie. What I said didn't come clear. Uh, to the degree. So go ahead and repeat. So uh, what I said is know that when you light up a cigarette, you are not just igniting some tobacco and nicotine there some studies say four five six as many as seven thousand chemicals in a cigarette and up until uh, when i first saw the ingredient these ingredients in canada at that time in 1996 it was illegal to publish those ingredients in the united states you can get them online now so you are not just smoking tobacco nicotine they're ammonia and 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 Four, five, six, seven thousand other chemicals are embedded in there, and that's what you're taking into the. That's the amount of toxicity that you're taking into your body. Yeah, because I know that all of those chemicals are in minute forms, but they're still over a long period of time. Especially if you're habitual, in which, of course, most people become because of the addictive nature. That's what cocaine and tobacco have in common. The the purpose of ammonia in a medication is very similar to alcohol in cough syrup and other medications. It's an accelerant. Mm -hmm. Ammonia allows cocaine and nicotine to get in your system faster than it otherwise would be. Mm -hmm. So among the 6,000 chemicals, one of them is ammonia. It smells like pee. Right. That's why some people smell cocaine and they say, oh, man, dog, this is pee. He ain't just talking about that it's powerful. He means it smells like urine. Oh. That's the ammonia in the cocaine that you're smelling. Hmm. Yeah. You smoking Bo Peep, brother. <laughs> you remember Bo Peep, Oshie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, you, I don't even know if they still sell it. When I was a kid, you could go to yeah, the house cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> Bo Peep ammonia. Yeah. Yep. That's in your tobacco that you smoking, ammonia. Yeah, that well. cocaine you smoking and snorting and injecting, you that has ammonia amongst other chemicals in it. Yeah. You know, I tell you, uh, the evilness of Western society putting profit and money over human lives and so forth to the extent that, you know, uh, they don't give a damn. All they care about is the money. That's what I was trying to tell my grandson, Gage, about Donald Trump. He don't give a damn about nobody. Nothing. Nothing. You know? And, and, and to me, it's a damn shame that this man is, is allowed to, to co go on with this charade. And people, the Republican Party, and others who's not saying, wait a minute, stop this shit. This man's a, a idiot. This man's a con artist. This man, stop it now. Put his ass in jail. He's got 91 he's offenses. A, he's a gang leader. He's a gang leader, Oshie. <laughs> the, people that, the people that love and like Donald Trump, he does his 
they like a lot of the stuff they ain't really they ain't with totally. But when you're in a gang, the hardest thing for you to do is be different from the other gang members. Mm-hmm. So one, he's saying, what does he say? They're doing this to me. Because right. Because they're doing this to you. you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Come on. No, they yeah. he says things that some of them believe and think and feel, and so they support him because of that alone. Because the people that are affected by it, which is mostly us, I mean, you know, he's being sold. You come into Milwaukee where the Republican convention is going to be next year, it's being sold in the African-American community. They haven't it. They, the convention is going to be here in Milwaukee, and, and you got African-American. Oh, see, I have young people related to me that think Donald Trump is a good person but what I what I associated with is, you know what you? It's because you criminal minded. He's criminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you like? Him. Exactly. Yeah, that because he's that, all that, about getting it, over, about conniving, yeah, that's undermining. Exactly right. Yeah. See, so yeah, we only got a couple more minutes, family. You want to get in this conversation, brother Irv? Want to get in this conversation, Baba Oshi? Yeah. yeah. We're talking. We're talking about Donald Trump. And we have to realize that Donald Trump comes from a legacy of, of cognitive dissonance. You have a people that are running around here giving $16 billion to Ukraine to help them become a sovereign nation. But why didn't they give $16 billion to the Palestinians to become a sovereign nation? Isn't that similar to that? We have people that are sitting here going to museums to look at artifacts from Africa, and you know they were stolen. Yeah. The Africans didn't jump up, and they said they're going to take care of them because the Africans won't, won't take care of these, and we're going to take care of them for them. We're not going to leave your and we ain't gonna, We're going to keep taking your people. Right, and we ain't going to give them back. You can't get them back. We, no. We, oh, we, you we, had to buy them back. You had to buy them back. <laughs> or, 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 Rick, what they said, uh, you can, we'll loan them to you. You can put them on yeah. display, yeah. and we're going to get them back. Man, these yeah, folks. You gonna, if you get them back, you're going to either steal them or you're going to have to buy them back. Yeah, I tell you. Hold on, Muhammad. Go ahead. Go ahead, Muhammad. Don't you you remember when the Republican Party, but nothing else, they were against Russia? Well, now these Republicans today, they love Russia because it's a place they can go where you don't see many of us. That's why they're right. right. No, we ain't over there at all. What, what did he call Africa and, and other countries of people of color? Asshole countries. Yep. Why not Switzerland and all these places? Because you see fewer of us there. So it's the same. It's the, the four times say it's the same old song. Yep. The same old song. Yep. <laughs> Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad told us, and a lot of us misinterpreted what he said, but this white man is the, with a capital T, he is the devil. Everything well, he has written. The of Elijah Muhammad and his son, Wardeen Muhammad, at one time as well, uh, I, I, I'll say this. They, 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 they may not be the devil, but they'll do to the real one gets here, and they are definitely <laughs> devilish. Oh, they'll yeah. kill him. If, if there's a, if it's one realer than them, they'll kill him. They're having smoking cigarettes and doing doing rap music and you know, man, 
these people are the de- ain't no ain't no doubt in my mind. I mean, yeah. I can't convince nobody, but I know what I see. Yeah, hold on. Let me see I want- if I let me see wow. if I can get Brother Paul in here. Brother Paul. Brother Paul. <laughs> Baba Ochi, uh, thank you. Uh, you know, a great, great conversation. After, again, I reiterate it for the sake of clarity and good order. It's uh, This subject is, you know, you need to bring the, uh, the, this guest back on to explore this subject because it's fundamentally a problem in the community which needs, you know, not not, not an ostrich approach where we bury our heads in sand and normalise it like we have done because it's not normal. And, um, you know, I spent a lot of my teens, uh, you know, trying to convince my friends the dangers of this stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's real. And everything he says is so on point. So, you know, we need, we need to we need to you know, bring the subject to the forefront more often. All right, Brother Paul. Appreciate that. Brother Mohammed, you got the last Thank word. You. Well, uh, just for, if you didn't get to, to, to chime in or you want to look at this re- uh, study yourself, uh, 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 I, I Put it on. Uh, I sent it out as a text message. It's available online, but it's called "Far From Over: The Horrific Legacy of Menthol Cigarette Marketing to Black Communities." That's that 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 that's a mouthful right there. Far from over. And th- thank right. you again, Oshi, for having thank for, you for having this. Uh, always, 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 my brother. All right, all right, family. Thank you, Thank you, guys. Bless, bless y'all. Have a great, have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure to hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Have a great weekend. Shim Hotel. That means go in peace. Isante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahodier. Bibi Fahodier means our victorious destiny. Family, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful weekend, family. Peace.